Hi, I'm Rafaro, and you're listening to Start Up Surrey, a podcast brought to you by the University of Surrey Student Enterprise. This week, we decided to call up a few of the entrepreneurs we've spoken to this season, catch up with them on how their businesses have evolved, and chat to them about how they've been affected by the COVID-19 crisis. You might notice that the sound quality isn't quite as good as the episodes we usually put out, but that's because we recorded all of our interviews over Zoom. So unfortunately, they're not quite studio quality. But there are still some really interesting conversations there that I know you're going to take something away from. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Jocelyn. So my name is Jocelyn and um, I work for the student enterprise team and also for research and innovation. Um, My role with student enterprise is to support the promotion of activities and events and opportunities that support students at the University of Surrey to develop their own businesses. We continue to support alumni as well. So that's me. Yeah, and I'm Rivara. I'm a final year student at the University of Surrey. I've been working with Student Enterprise for the last couple of months, helping with the marketing, the events, and launching the podcast. So, Justin, the idea to launch the podcast was your idea. So, what were your initial goals with it, and how have they shaped up? Well, it was a case of having another opportunity and another platform for students and alumni of the University of Surrey to connect with us. So, we already do lots of online activity around campus we have posters and we do a newsletter on a regular basis and we run skills sessions on normally a Tuesday night but I just felt that if there was a podcast it would allow students who maybe hadn't connected with us to learn a bit more about what we do and hear from students and alumni who had gone through the process with us but also for other departments across the university and more widely outside of the university to learn about how engaging in business whilst doing your studies can make a real difference and you can also gain extra skills so it's been multifaceted and it's been well received so it's been a really positive experience. Yeah it has been a really positive experience. So what we've done over the past couple of weeks is caught up with a few of the students who we interviewed earlier on in the season and kind of caught up with them about how their businesses have developed, where they are on their entrepreneurial journey and how COVID-19 has affected them. The first person we caught up with is Jeff Knott, the founder of Hop. So my business is Hop, and our mission is to give individuals more control over their long-term health and well-being through the foods they eat. And the way we do that at the moment is through insect protein. So in what ways has COVID-19 affected your business? Uh, it's been pros and cons. Um, fortunately, because we're still a startup, it, it hasn't hurt us as much as a lot of other businesses. Um, how it has affected us negatively is in terms of sales with our um, retail partners. So we were stocked in rock climbing centres and swimming uh, sports parks and swimming pools and things like that. But as soon as those shut down, then those sales stopped as well. So in response to that, we've been focusing on our online activities and growing our online brand awareness, which had been sort of a second priority for a good few months while we focused on getting new people to sign on to stockers so now that that stopped we've finally been able to focus 100% on the online stuff which has grown quite well now. Great have there been any like particular lessons that you've learned about growing your business online in digital way? Yeah um, depending on who your target customer is it will help you decide which social media platform to use 
Um, so for us, a lot of our customers are relatively young, so Instagram's quite a good one, um, especially the sports market, which is what we're targeting. And we're thinking about some other markets, such as uh, children's healthy snoo uh, snacks market, which won't necessarily be Instagram, but uh, they'll be a little bit different. How has adjusting your business community from meeting in person to meeting all of your like contacts online, what's that process been like for you? Again, there's, there's pros and cons. Yeah. Uh, the con is that I've always preferred meeting people in person because you can... I mean, there's, you get the chemistry, you can feed off each other. Pro is that now you can talk to a lot more people in a single day without having to travel or commute. So that's, that's one of the big pros. Um, and I think a lot more people are embracing it. There's been a lot more calls happening. So it's a little different. Maybe it's not the same quality, but the quantity seems to make up for it in some way. There were some issues with some of our partners, like having to go on furlough. So we, we can't work with them at all. And we just have to wait until they come back, until they answer their emails and their calls again. Um, but in the meantime, we can work on new new partners who are still working at the moment. Yeah. What would you say has been the biggest lesson that you've learned about yourself and your business like over the past couple of months since our last interview? Yeah, so the last, let's say the last two months, because that's sort of the, the lockdown period. Been a good opportunity for us to pause a little bit and to think of a new strategy, especially when we're not frantically running around trying to get new stockists on board. Now everything sort of stopped in a way and we can focus on, okay, what's the long-term strategy? Um, so we've taken this period to focus on the online stuff for the short-term growth and brand awareness. And this is a really a unique time to think about, okay, what, what do we want to do 12 months from now, 18 months from now? So a bit more of the long-term planning and what are we going to need to set up to get to, to achieve those targets. We've got four main sort of channels at the moment. So there's our own website, Amazon UK, Muscle Food and the Scout Store. And we're really trying to grow the Amazon sales at the moment because they, they seem to have the highest growth. So we're, we're focusing on that because, um, I mean, everyone knows and uses Amazon and it's so convenient. So if we could uh, share that link yeah, <laughs> later on, that would sure. be <laughs> useful for us yeah. um, and we're growing our Instagram quite quickly now and we're, we're not paying for any advertisement it's just uh, we're doing things like uh, every Saturday afternoon we we built a new team now of hop athletes um, so we sponsor them a bit and they do an Instagram takeover every Saturday afternoon and there's someone he's uh, he's in Nigeria at the moment back home and he's a he does Taekwondo for sorry yeah. and he does core workouts and then we have someone else in Southampton who does um, some of the sport, sort of general fitness things for us. Um, so we're, we're doing that sort of stuff as well. So if anyone's interested, I can can definitely recommend the Instagram uh, workouts on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, definitely. That's great. That sounds like, so that's like, like such an interesting way of doing it because I've been seeing like all the different ways people have been trying to market things remotely. And like mm. you get like such an international feel, even though people are literally confined to their houses. That's such a cool idea. Yeah, it's in some ways it's a huge unifying Thing that you know it's not a traditional sort of country versus country thing it's we're all we're all in the same boat together so it's a bit it's a it's a unifying feeling so we've got we've got our sales of our products but we also do some research projects as well um, and we sort of generate some some income from that but most importantly we're doing we're trying to achieve some extra positive impacts with that um, one of the things that we've been working on since uh, November is a project in Madagascar and it's to combat uh, child malnutrition 
And so what we're going to be doing is sending a bunch of bars over and insect powders uh, to use as like pancake mixes so they can make them at home. And then in schools, we'll give them hot bars, like a little snack to try and increase uh, um, educational attainment because just even a, a healthy snack in school is quite good. So we're doing loads of little very random things like that, but they all connect in, yeah. in a good way. Yeah. And it's always interesting to hear these ideas because it's like they're things that if you were like fully in the flow of business as usual, it's not things that you would think of. It's things that you have like time and space to think about when life gets a little bit slower. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, so, oh. yeah there's proof that comes to it all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. And, um, I've, I've been put on uh, furlough from my university research, so oh, yeah. I see that as a as actually a huge benefit <laughs> for the business. I can work on hot full time. Literally, and still get that eighty percent. But that's so good. Yeah, yeah, it's actually working out quite well. To find out more about Jeff and Hop, you can visit them at hotbar.co.uk or follow them on Instagram at hotbar.uk. So, Jocelyn, what did you think about that interview with Jeff? Well, I thought it was really positive. Um, it was really great to hear about how he's been able to use the time and to focus on other elements of the business. So it's unfortunate that he's had to be furloughed, but we know with the system that's in place, he still um, has some support. But the fact that they were then using that time to um, help with children in other countries, I think it was Madagascar, he said, providing protein pancake mix to help, which is fantastic because countries that may have already been struggling before COVID with undernourished children will find the impacts of people not donating as much or being as available to help quite devastating. So I thought as someone who's having to pivot a little bit, it's fantastic to hear that and also love the impact of him looking further outside of his own situation for the team at HOP, the helping others and having a positive outlook on, on what's happening. I was really appreciated. And I think actually Hotbar were already doing things to help their community. I think they do a, an element of making sure that when their product is made, it doesn't use as much water and resources. So in terms mm. of its sustainability, I think that makes the real difference. And, you know, Jeff and the team have always tried to work with other um, members of the community in terms of the university community. They've always tried to reach out to a wider the group as possible so doing that here locally within Surrey but also taking that international I think is just fantastic and I think it's a really good example to other businesses whether they be startups or well into their business life that they can reach out and do things so it's great to see. No yeah definitely it's great to see and it's great to see how all the people who we're going to speak in today's interview are adapting their businesses in a way that is better for for both their clients, their users, and other people. And somebody else who did that is the next interviewee, Maddie, who talked a little bit about how she's been able to evolve her business in a way that allows her to keep her clients even during such a difficult financial time. Okay, uh, so we are Softwood Self-Publishing and we help writers through the editing and self-publishing process of like working with their manuscripts. Um, the last time I talked to you, I think, it was just me and now it's a we. I have three members of staff now, which is really exciting. Yeah, so in what ways has COVID-19 affected your business? Um, I find this question a little bit difficult to answer. I had to think about it because, I mean, on the surface, it hasn't changed that much. 
because physically nothing's changed. Like a lot of people have to adapt to working from home, but I work from home anyway. And the flow of work hasn't changed. I'm still still booked up a lot. It's doing really well. But if you really pick it apart, there are there are difficulties. Like um I've had some clients postpone um saying that they can't afford it right now or they can't you know use those savings um so they're just gonna they're just sort of postponed for some time in the future um of course nobody knows what time in the future but also it's like restricted my growth there was so many ideas i had that i wanted to develop for this year like i wanted to get more staff i wanted to get more jobs more clients for my staff um there was so many ideas I had, like building a course and stuff that I've just kind of had to pause. I haven't really had the time to be able to manage those. The biggest thing that I've got to think about is how this is going to affect the publishing world in general, because I mean, that's, that's the business world I work in. And this is hugely going to affect the publishing world. Because if you think about it, a, a publishing house has taken on a certain amount of authors, put a lot of money out expecting to earn money to come back in so they put a lot of money out on the marketing the illustration the design uh, and also the printing of all of these books that are now sitting in bookshops and nobody can buy them and so they've already spent loads of money and they can't get it back i've got a friend who just published a book and she had to cancel all of her book tours so by the time all this is over will anyone even care about her book it will just sort of go forgotten so i've got to really think about how that could affect the publishing world will it help me working in self-publishing or will it do the exact opposite i don't know at the moment it seems to be doing quite well so what like adjustments and innovations have you made to your business as a result of not being able to like physically meet people and do the same things as you used to be able to do in terms of adjustments i suppose i've been working on social media a lot more just trying to stay relevant and keep an eye on the discussions that are happening because of all this and the creative responses because of all this. I mean, there are a lot of, a lot of competitions going out for creative writing that's uh, inspired by this time, or there are a lot of discussions about uh, how, how self-publishing will be affected or, how, you know, have you been influenced by writing? So I suppose I've been on Twitter a lot trying to keep up with all of that. But I suppose in terms of my business, I've had to be really flexible in terms of how I write work with uh, writers because a lot of them can't pay like they used to. So I've had to do a, a lot of adjustments to how I do how I work with payment plans. So I've got one client who's going to be paying once every two months. So I'm now working with him over the next year. I usually work with clients for two to three months, and I'm working with a guy for ten months to enable him to pay in in more of a, a plan just to try and support clients to support people and make it more able for them to work on their books in this time so what would you say have been the biggest lessons that you've learned about both yourself and your business not just in the months that we've been in lockdown but since we last spoke back in was it february it's been a little while yeah (laughs) i don't want to sound cocky but um i've worked out that i've got a really solid business model the fact that in all of this chaos and all this trouble we're all having it's working it's still working as it should I haven't really seen any major pitfalls. I'm still booked till end of September, everything, you know, so I'm quite happy learning that. And also that working from home is a godsend. I'm so lucky to already be working from home. But also I've, for myself personally, I've sort of learned the importance of my mental health in terms of working with a business. 
I mean, I, I've worked out in the first, in the last, you know, two months of lockdown, I suppose my Mondays tend to be quite low. So I've given myself I've just allowed myself to be more calm on a Monday. I, I do less work on a Monday and sort of gradually step into a busy week instead of just going straight in because for some reason I have a down day on Monday. And so I've, I've had to learn how to implement mental health strategies with the business, um, which I didn't really have to do before. So now going forward over the next couple of months, obviously lockdown is affecting aspects of your business considerably but what are your specific hopes and goals for the next couple of months with your business i mean yeah i had big plans for this year which have to be postponed till next year Mm -hmm. because i needed networking i needed a lot of i just need i don't know there's so much to do with working with clients that aren't there Mm -hmm. i suppose for the next few months i just i just really hope i stay booked i i would really love to get enough work to be able to outsource it to my staff that's the trouble I don't really have have like big goals for the next few months now I'm just staying stable and that's what I'm really happy with the fact that I can stay stable yeah I'm sort of maintaining a steady flow of clients and that's what I hope to maintain yeah no that's (laughs) great yeah and then an additional question I hadn't put this on the list because I didn't know but you said that you've hired two additional staff so what has it been like for you going from being self-employed doing it by yourself to like you know, being a boss, like, how is that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, three additional stuff. Three additional stuff. Come on. Yeah. Um, well, it started probably a, like a week or so after I first met you. I just had a book that I did not, I didn't have time for. I had too many things being booked in all at once. This was, yeah, probably March, early March, maybe. No, not even uh, February, late February, maybe. And um, I, I just realized I need to outsource now. And I hadn't, worked out how yet so I just went for it and worked it out and I made a contract and I I did this whole interview process where I I got about 60 people interested in one job which was way more than I'd expected and I did a whole editing test and this whole process and I narrowed it down to probably about five really good editors and well I gave the job the client to one of them and hired another just because she was she did poetry editing which I didn't do at the time so I thought what a great service to add to the business and then many months later only about a month ago or two months ago um I started talking to a formatter on Facebook so he he does like um the formatting of uh, if when you want to self-publish and put it on Kindle or when you want to print your own book so I've hired him as a, as a formatter um it's really interesting because now I'm working with someone from Berlin, someone from, I don't actually know where, but he's in the Netherlands somewhere. And the other guy's from, I think, Arkansas in America. How international. (laughs) It's a really good mix of people across the world. And it's quite interesting, I don't know, having all these people, bringing all these people together. I don't feel like a boss, you know. I just feel like I'm outsourcing work to these people who are quite, I feel like they're quite loyal to the business and they respect the business. Yeah. That's great. That's yes. such a good development to make. Like the ability to be able to bring other people onto your team is such a big, is such a big part and increases your capacity and like what you can do. So congratulations. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Is there anything that you wanted to promote? I've opened a library for self-publishing writers. Yeah. Um, and this is to help promote them in this time because it's so difficult to promote as a self-publishing writer. So essentially for free, they can send me their 
front cover of the book. They can send me their links to how to buy it, their genres, and a little blurb if they want. And I'll put it on my website and promote it to my social media and my email list and things like that. And it's called Software Library. And anyone can access it. So it also gives readers um, a really easy way of finding self-published books that they like to read. So I've sort of organised it in terms of genre. So if you're like, I'd really like fantasy self-published, then I'm going to have a list of fantasy self-published novels in there, which is uh, actually quite difficult to find. <laughs> yeah, so that'd be really cool if that could be highlighted. To find out more about Maddie and Suffwood Self-Publishing, you can visit her at swspublishing.com or follow her on Instagram and Twitter at swspublishing. So Jocelyn, what did you think about Maddie's catch-up interview? I think Maddie gave us a really rounded insight into some of the impacts onto the publishing industry. I've heard um, of writers who have had their book launches delayed um, and, and they're not being able to do some of the book tours and things that they do. But hearing about it from someone running their business independently in publishing was really positive because she's been able to make a difference and support people who are publishing books by looking at her processes. So I think she mentioned about rescheduling payments so that it means that someone who's trying to publish doesn't need to make the payment to her all in one and I think that in itself is helping the creative community and publishing community to continue to deliver what they want to and I think that's a really great thing and she also talked about um, you know managing your income and pivoting but also staying healthy and balanced whilst working from home so she identified that her personal rhythm is that Mondays don't quite work for her so taking a bit more time out means that she can be more productive as the week progresses and I think there's no shame in saying I actually need a bit of time out and I think to hear a business owner say that will really be positive to students who join us at Student Enterprise this year to develop their businesses. Well I also want to comment on the fact that Maddie's been able to take on staff you know we're in a, a situation situation where people are finding it a little bit tougher to find work so the fact that she's been able to do a bit of expansion um, and have team members to work with her and to support her business I think is just fantastic she's done so well up to this point on her own so to, to be at the point where she can expand I think is a really positive thing and I hope gives um, a lot of hope and positivity to other people looking to do something similar. And I loved her honesty because she was very you know, forthcoming in that. And I think that's really great. And let's have more publishing businesses like Maddie's really. So I wish her all the luck in the future for, for continuing to develop her business. And one of the things that Maddie mentioned in her interview was the idea of networking and how being at home has enabled her to connect with people online who she might not have met otherwise. And somebody else who talked about that was Matt and Seb of Mosey. So without further ado, here is their catch-up interview. So we're in Mosey. Um, so we look to make city uh, city smarter. Uh, we do that through the power of location data. So um, in what ways has COVID-19 affected your business over the past couple of months? It's kind of put a lot of uh, good momentum not to waste but it really has delayed a lot of plans that we had place so just before you know COVID-19 we had done lots of pitches we had lots of people from um, kind of our stakeholders we're trying to engage with reach out to us and say hey look let's arrange meetings where they're all ready 
And then literally like the next week, everyone was in lockdown and now trying to reach out to them has been extremely difficult. So it's really been a time to rethink our strategy for when we come out of lockdown um, and then how we can use the most of this time. Um, because we're a startup, because we're not trading yet, it's not necessarily that you know we're trying to work out cash flow or whatever because we're, we're lucky in that sense we don't have salaries to pay but you know how to keep that momentum and you know make sure that we come out and our partners still want to work with us and we and we still have a, a business to build so um what adjustments and innovations have you made to your business as a result of being in lockdown and kind of like rethink not rethinking your business strategy but like having more time to think about your business strategy yeah well <clears throat> i'll tell you what's been really interesting uh well, we, we have a digital marketing agency, so we're really good uh, with using Zoom and all these other platforms. We, we've been doing a lot of this for our client interactions. But what's been really interesting is um, uh, the fact that a lot of the pitches that we were, a lot of the competitions that we were doing have gone into lockdown, and meaning that we're having to engage people through you know Zoom meetings and whatever to pitch for money. And we've been very lucky to still be successful during this time. So I think for us, we're, we're really just seeing, you know, post-COVID with a lot more people being, you know, adjusted to using digital forms. How can we still get across our message? How can we, you know, still convey what we need to convey to reach our objectives? I personally much prefer meeting someone in person and having that connection. But um, I think this is, has shown that you can still, you know, um, convince someone and get your your message across even through a web camera. As people who like obviously have been stock agency and have a lot of experience with marketing, I think Matt, you did your placement in marketing as well. Are there any like specific tips that you learned from your previous experiences working in agencies that you've been able to apply in the past couple of months and that you would recommend other businesses apply? Yeah, I mean, I guess the biggest thing is just to make sure your message is is really clear when it comes from a marketing perspective is is don't stop just because you're on lockdown and you're, you're indoors it doesn't mean it's shut down so you, know, you need to make sure you're still consistently messaging um talking to people and getting that clear branding across that you're looking to do this i think with the current situation you do need to also tailor the messaging for the current situation you can't just pretend it doesn't happen and and carry on as normal so i think it's just about reacting to the environment um, from a marketing perspective is, is, is being really reactive to understanding what the changing needs are and how the landscape is going to change and match that. Um, and, and just to add to that, uh, LinkedIn uh, is something that I used a lot when I did physical networking to, to follow up. But I, I've really been pushing that now, uh, either to connections I had made a couple months ago and hadn't followed up, or people that just LinkedIn recommends to me in the industry. And it's been it's been really amazing how I've I've just messaged a, a couple people, either that I met before or hadn't known, and just said, "Hey, really interested in what you're doing. Would love to, you know, have a chat with you on, you know, a Zoom call or a, just a phone call for, you know, 15 minutes, and you know, hear how you're coping with." you know, everything and um, more about your story. And I've had really good responses from that and build some really good um, relationships, not only for the company, but for my personal. So, you know, this is a good time to be posting on LinkedIn, connecting with new people, just seeing everything that you were doing physically, it can be done digitally. It's just, you know, a bit of a different way. And then for both of you, what are the greatest lessons that you've learned both on a business level and a personal level since we last spoke in our interview all the way back in February? I guess it's adapting to the new ways of having to contact people 
um, the working environments. So since we last spoke, obviously a lot's changed for us. We've grown quite a lot. So really understanding not just how to get the message across in the marketing aspects, which stuff we already know, but understanding the business side of things has been um, a really big learning curve as well. So that, that's been a big thing for us. But I'd say the biggest thing that's happened so far has been with the coronavirus has just been learning how to work and adjust your work-life pattern from at home. That's actually one of the biggest things I've learned so far, I'd say. Yeah, um, just to echo the last bit of what Matt said there about the work patterns, um, I think mental health is more important than ever. Um, and I think a lot of people realise either in themselves or their friends, you know, it seems like when you have all this time indoors, even though you might be doing some work to... Uh, just to be left alone you you can overthink things and for us you know we're, we're very driven on our businesses and you know we we have lots of things that we want to achieve and sometimes you just set your desk and then you work and then you finish you don't get that sense of accomplishment you don't always feel like you're you know moving forward so just you know giving yourself a break um and just knowing that hey look everyone's going through this time and it's okay if you can't move as far as you want with your business it's not a failure on you it's just uh, you know you have to make the best of it so i think that for, for myself i just have to i've had quite a few friends saying you know don't worry about it just it's, everyone's in the situation yeah i think just to echo that even further is, is also the fact that if you take time for yourself you actually come up with better ideas um as well as we take a step back we can see things better um and you can move forward quicker that way as well so that's been a really big learning curve. And one question that I forgot to ask you earlier was that you guys recently, well, Mosey recently got awarded the Foundership Award. So how has that impacted your business? And do you have like an idea of how you want to use that and make the most of it over the next couple of months? Yeah, okay. So, I mean, with the Founderships, obviously, plan obviously is just to keep us afloat for the time being. Obviously, the design of the award is to um, essentially mean we can work on this full time. So we're putting that into it. So we're going to be spending a lot of time working on product development, just giving us that that time to suspend basically and just making sure the product's right and getting it built so we can take it to pilot. So that's that's what we're doing and we spend a lot of time right now uh, hunting for more grants and more funding. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much what it's let us do. So a great impact. The, the support from um, Santander and the foundership and we also got the internship has been, uh, you know, amazing. And I think especially now that when it's supposed to be kicking in, which is June, July, kind of August, the most affected month, it's, it's been a, it's a really good like lifeline. So um, yeah, ma massive thank you to um, June Enterprise, Santander, uh, Set Squared, you know, and the university for uh, its continued support. So our interns have actually um, finished. They've oh, already they done their time oh. with us. Yeah, yeah, they've already done their time with us, um, which has been really great. They worked really, really hard. So it's, um, yeah, it's fantastic. It's good to see such great interns. Uh, and they've already built us our first part of our product. So that's, um, that's just been a really big boost for us. Um, so it's just taking us a whole other level. Um, so yeah, big, big shout out there to Aaron and Zahid, our interns. <laughs> yeah, perfect. And then my final thing was, is there anything that Mosey is doing that you would like people who are listening to this to support? Or is there anything that you want to share and get out and promote? Um, well, <laughs> anyone... Um, <clears throat> who knows uh, uh, anyone in the council that are interested in you know um, learning more about their area and how they could use data to benefit the local businesses and anyone who would have anyone they could recommend yeah just basically any local tourism boards local mm -hmm. councillors um, that have a real passion to drive the local tourism and retail uh, forward and 
maybe they know a bit about data, maybe they don't, but they, they're looking for new and innovative ways to do that. We are very open to conversations at this stage. We're doing research and we just want to chat and understand a bit more about what problems are plaguing them. So we'd love to have a conversation with anyone, anyone in that space. So to find out more about Matt and Seb, you can visit them at beanstalksocial.co.uk. So Jocelyn, what did you think about Matt and Seb's catch-up interview? Well, one of the things they really hit on was about staying connected. Um, They really made that clear how important that had been to them during this time and how important it's always been to them. And Seb really illustrated about contacting people that you may not have connected with previously and in the journey of setting up a business which can seem a little bit daunting people often find that when they reach out to someone that they've never really connected with before or they've only met briefly but actually they get a really great response you know people want to help as human beings we want to help each other and we like being asked so I think Seb really demonstrated that that reaching out keeping your connection strong is is the way forward in normal circumstances anyway but definitely in these times it's even more important and I think Matt alluded to also taking the time to sit with your ideas a bit and to think about them so like you say looking at whether it would work in a pressurized environment or if everything around you changes as it has for many businesses what can you then do to keep going and and to keep things afloat so again you know not ignoring that it was that what's going on is happening but certainly identifying the things that you can do in this time and communication and staying connected is so important personally and professionally yeah definitely and that idea of being able to sit with your ideas and really assess them is something that came up in my catch-up interview with omar so zeal is a payment and loyalty mobile application every time my user walks into a store they show a qr code and this qr code is integrated with the user's credit or debit card the user shows the qr code to the cashier the cashier scans the qr code and they pay for the transaction and they get their loyalty punch at the same time so um in what ways has covid19 affected your business so our operations uh, has somewhat been affected obviously uh, because all restaurants and uh, all businesses have closed because uh, of the lockdown so we, we aren't getting as many transactions uh, in store any any longer however it's given us a great opportunity to focus on uh, product uh, development and enhancing uh, product features and uh, releasing uh, a completely new uh, user interface and uh, features that we believe are going to rise post COVID-19 so like I said, uh, we've introduced uh, some new features uh, into the app. When we first started, it was a loyalty app, and then we pivoted into payments and loyalty. And then after COVID-19, we found that uh, not only will customers expect to use contactless payment and it's forecasted to grow, sorry, for contactless payment to grow, uh, we've also started introducing other features such as uh, order and pickup to avoid people uh, interacting uh, with each other or queuing in a store. Again, keeping that health and safety bit in mind. Uh, We're starting to introduce different uh, gifting or voucher sending features between one user and another, which basically means I can buy something from a store and send you the QR code and then you could go pick it up. So we're trying to have that some 
kind of network effect where you would normally go out on a drink uh, with a friend, but we're mm-hmm. trying to do that through through the mobile app. And what would you say have been the biggest lessons that you've learned? Like, so obviously, Zeal is learning to adapt during the COVID-19 crisis, but would you say that there's any significant lessons that you've learned about yourself as a business person through this? Yeah, I was, I was actually just listening to a podcast. Uh, funny <laughs> enough, I was just listening to a podcast by uh, Shopify's uh, CEO. Okay. Uh, and, and yeah, I'm just, I'm, I stick to my word, mentorship is very important. And I feel like it's extremely important to see what other businesses out there are doing. Business is full of ups and downs, whether it's COVID-19 or not. And as entrepreneurs, we have to, we have to be used to that. We have to foresee that. We have to know how to react in such situations. Uh, and so, yeah, I've learned, I've learned that I am quite resilient. I, I'm definitely uh, really interested and like open to different mentorship uh, and different advice from even entrepreneurs that I've never met. But I love, I love learning what other businesses are doing. So perhaps we, we can learn from each other. That's great. Thank you. Obviously, we're adjusting to a new normal. Things are changing. So as we adjust to this new normal, what is your biggest hope for Zeal as a business? Yeah, I'd love to see people rely on Zeal as a, not only as a tech solution or as an innovative uh, solution for payments and loyalty, but as something that really helps them go through their day in terms of uh, feeling safe when they're paying for a transaction and the convenience. Uh, I'd love to, I love it when I, when I hear someone or see someone using the app and I've seen it before, strangers that I don't know, paying using Zeal or happily and feeling that convenience and seeing that convenience in, in our users is, is, is very very satisfying and yeah i feel i feel like it's a journey like any any entrepreneur would want to have a positive impact and i feel like zeal is definitely an impact business we're a fintech impact business and it's, it's super crucial for us to affect how people are living in terms of their day-to-day lives the the way they uh, pay their transactions loyalty yeah all, all in all it's it's very important for us to have an impact yeah definitely and i was thinking the other day about how Obviously, I don't know if it's the same where you are right now, but here people are like being discouraged from using cash and from handing over their cards. So like definitely the whole idea of um, paper rewards cards is definitely not something that's going to last. So it's great to have something that's digital and something that's already ready for this new normal that we're going into. So hopefully that ends up being beneficial to Zio. Absolutely. It's, it actually has been uh, one of the other innovative ways that we've taken into account is uh, our pivots is actually not just in our technical development but in our business model in the core of our business model we've made zeal free for any business to join to accept contactless payment as well it's free to get a qr code scanner which will allow businesses to accept a qr code payments but to access the data analytics that's what they start paying for and the reason we've done that is we really want to push businesses for a more health aware, more innovative solution that customers are going to be looking forward to. And, and yeah, it's, it's just, I feel, and, and that's the kind of impact that we really want to have. It's not just about making money and, and charging our partners or our business for, for the solution we offer. It's, it's more of have the solution if it succeeds the money is going to come after no entrepreneur chases money and that's that's what we're doing now yeah perfect no that's a definitely a really good way to go forward and my final question is something that i've been asking all the people who i've done follow-up interviews with and that is 
is there any way that the student enterprise community, so the students who follow us, the teachers, the professors who follow us, is there any way that they can get involved with Zeal right now and support the business during such a time? Absolutely, absolutely. If you talk to any uh, entrepreneur right now, uh, they'll be keen on securing some cash. Zeal as a startup, our growth has been very good. We've grown to a team of almost 16 uh, people. We have a lot of salaries to pay and it's very important that I'm trying, we're trying our best not to lay anyone off. So again, we're trying to secure as, as much cash as we can, especially not just as much cash as we can really, but to, to help us survive this COVID-19 uh, situation. To keep up with Omar and Zeal, be sure to visit them at zeal-app.com or follow them on Instagram and Twitter at Zeal Rewards. So Jocelyn, what did you think about that catch-up interview with Omar? So it was really great to hear Omar talk about his business and the progress he's made. And Omar actually joined us via the Startup Visa Scheme, where students can apply for a visa and during the time on that visa, they can start up a business. So he started Zeal whilst um, using this visa scheme. So if there's anybody out there who's interested in applying for the Startup Visa, if they go to our website, which is surrey.ac.uk forward slash student hyphen enterprise forward slash funding, they can find out more about the startup visa and they can put in an application. One of the strongest things he mentioned for me was when he talked about looking at consumer lifestyles and understanding how to pivot with, well, even though we're in this situation that I still keep you know trying to do things in in the old way you know pivoting to people being able to do click and collects and will make them still see you as a relevant business and i thought that was really important and omar's always been great at looking for the opportunities and looking for where he needs to make an adjustment he's been one of the students and now alumni that we've worked with who's been really great at identifying that so it was great to hear him say it and he was taking Taking some time to do some personal development as well we're going to have to create a new normal so you know there's when we go back onto campus or back into our work lives there's still going to be an element of social distancing for us for a time to come so I think it's important that he's really thinking ahead on that and um, we don't want to lose that connectivity but people still want to get their lattes so um, being able to do click and collect is, and, and keeping social distancing in place it shows that he's really listening to his market so it's fantastic I'm really wishing him all the luck to continue doing everything he's doing and the final person that we spoke to was Kat Mack who is the enterprise manager here at the University of Surrey and I asked her about her top three favorite highlights of the year in student enterprise gosh there's been so many highlights um I think on my second day, I organised a speed dating event for our execute group to meet the mentors that we have in the community. So that was um, in at the deep end. But we had a really, a really great event. Lots of our student startups got to meet mentors who they may or may not have met before. But um, everyone got to speak to everyone else in the room and make some new connections. And it kind of brought the mentors in more, I suppose, to the community. And then from that point onwards, the mentors really enjoyed it. So we've had a couple of breakfasts and sort of drinks in the evening with mentors and startups and other students to really match them up and and make them more accessible, I suppose. So that was a, a great second day and definitely a memorable highlight. I think another great 
memory is the building an entrepreneur event that we ran in March I mean it was such an inspiring event to put on and I was just really proud to showcase all of the students and startups at various stages and really proud to invite the business community in and you know the university community in to see them so I think working on that event where um, students from early stages before they have a business idea through to students with a business idea and then those who actually are executing and running a business all presenting to the audience was you know a brilliant culmination of the hard work of the whole student enterprise community and and the team that I work with so it was lovely to work with my team Kate, Jocelyn and Caroline and then our student enterprise assistants Rafaro, Emily and Caviar as well and also we brought some event students in to lend a hand John and Cholpon so I think it was a really big team event and yeah just just a, a brilliant night and I think my other highlight of the year has been recently being able to develop a digital intern programme, which has meant we've been able to benefit some local charities as well as our startups with funded internships this summer. And that's all thanks to a generous extra fund that's been awarded to Student Enterprise by Santander, all in response to um, COVID relief and trying to help our startups to get through this difficult time, but also to support students who may otherwise now have no jobs to go to this summer um, and may struggle financially to be funded into a digital internship that means they can do that from home during this time. Um, and support one of our startups and learn about being in and amongst a young business or a local charity. And we know local charities are really struggling at the moment. So um, charities are really close to my heart and I'm, I'm really, really pleased to have been able to offer this opportunity for them as well and for student enterprise to make an impact on the community beyond our own community. So that's probably my most recent highlight. So Jocelyn, what would you say are the biggest lessons that you've learned from student enterprise and the podcast this year? I think what's been really important is for our students and alumni to share their stories. You know, as the staff members of the University of Surrey, we can tell people how great student enterprise is, but nothing beats hearing about the experiences of other students and alumni. So, you know, when we sat down with them in the studio, when we could do that, um, just seeing them talk about their businesses, you know, some of the highs and the lows and their inspirations as well, and how they were moving things forward, you know, really made me feel quite energised and positive about, you know, the future and all the things that can happen and the community that we're building in terms of startup businesses and beyond. You know, it's really clear that even in doing this um, follow-up show to see how people are, are working and developing things now, there's some clear elements that are becoming really important um, really coming to the forefront and, you know, communication, being able to pivot your business, you know, keep learning, look at your processes. These are, these are things that will help you in normal circumstances. So if you can make them part of your business now during the time of COVID-19, you're going to be able to build something really sustainable. Something else that's also really important, and I've always felt very strongly about this, that well-being and taking care of yourself, especially whilst trying to set up a business, is so important. I think there can still be that old 
trope out there that you have to work 24 seven, you can't take holidays, you can't stop for lunch. Um, that kind of time is money kind of label. And I think it's really important that we try and dispel that a little bit. There's no doubt that you'll need to work hard, especially whilst you're studying for your education, you know, at the University of Surrey. There's no question about that. However, there's a lot of support in place. There are tools and opportunities that are going to help you. You know, we want people to come to us in good times and bad and point out that, well, I'm, I'm trying to do this, but I'm finding myself a bit stretched. Because nine times out of ten, going to talk to somebody else is going to help you to see where you can navigate some of those push points. So I think it's really important that even if people feel that that's something I couldn't do whilst I was at university don't be afraid we're going to be there every step of the way to support you and it's going to help you to build more skills and to develop yourself going forward in this ever-changing marketplace that we all exist in but taking time out is so important and to any of the alumni that are hearing this I've said it to them on a regular basis that I am there to support them but I'm always saying to them every now and again take an afternoon off and do something that you love just to reboost your battery. So Kat, what are the opportunities available for students who want to get involved with student enterprise? So we have loads of opportunities for students that want to get involved with student enterprise, whether they've got a business idea or whether they're just interested in learning more about business, maybe getting involved with other businesses or whether they run their own company already. There's something for all different stages. We are coming to the end of the academic year, but student enterprise doesn't stop. So I would just urge people to get in, involved with us and get in touch on student enterprise at surrey.ac.uk. And we can tell them about all the opportunities coming up. Things coming up next term include 3DS, which is a three day startup boot camp where 10 students are going to get to work with students from other unis and build their ideas together. We've also won a recent bid to create an entrepreneurial pathway for students. So for those who've got an entrepreneurial mindset, but perhaps don't have their business idea yet, or maybe never will, but want to learn about being um, a meaningful and active part of a business and learning about the um, entrepreneurial side of things, we are going to have some opportunities coming up from um, September onwards to get involved with solving the problems of other local SMEs. So that's an exciting new uh, programme coming from Student Enterprise and we'd welcome people to get in touch about that from now. And Jocelyn, how can people get in touch with Student Enterprise right now? Okay, so the best way to reach us at the moment is via email. So our email address is studententerprise at surrey.ac.uk. So that's really great if you want to arrange a one-to-one -one with us or you want to follow up on maybe some questions that you've asked. In terms of finding out about sessions and opportunities that we hope to run from sort of September, October into the new academic year, the best thing to do is to follow us on social media. So we're on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and it's Surrey Student Enterprise. Thank you so much for listening to this season of Startup Surrey. It's been a pleasure to make and we're so grateful for all the great feedback we've received. If you're a student or recent grad interested in learning more about Student Enterprise, be sure to follow us on social media at Surrey Student Enterprise, where we'll be sharing regular updates of all the ways you can get involved. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.